0: Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I am your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is gonna come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. Hey, hey everybody. Welcome back. Man, I hope that you guys are all doing great. I am doing pretty good for the most part. I just to be completely honest, I got a little bit of a story for you. Um having a little trouble with some realizations about my age. So, uh, here's the thing. Have you ever had a moment where you realized that you have become the person you used to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's where I am right now. So I recently had eye surgery. There was a growth that had started to reach my pupil, and it was really affecting my vision. I was wearing glasses all the time, which I did not enjoy and i'm telling you right now these glasses were thick y'all like i took my glasses off one time and let somebody else wear them, and they actually called them drunk glasses like it's glasses like that you would wear if you were in a driving class and they said hey this is what it feels like to drive intoxicated that's that's how bad my glasses were but the good news is that the surgery went well And my vision is restored for the most part, which means I don't have to wear glasses all the time. Yay. The doctor actually said it went so well that I didn't even need a prescription. She said, just get some readers. And honestly, like I was super pumped about this and thought this was awesome, awesome news. But here's the thing. It's not. What I did not know about having readers is that they're a pain in the rear end. It's basically like having magnifying glasses on your face, which is great for reading. But the minute you look up, <laughs> it's awful. Like you can't see anything. Everything's fuzzy. It's it's kind of jolting a little bit. So it, it's terrible. So herein lies the problem. You need them to read. But the minute you look up, you want them off. So I find myself putting them on and off more times than I can count. And that's the issue. So when you take them off and you set them down in one place, you will inevitably need them to read something in another place. So here's the thing. Having readers is basically where your memory will die. (laughs) Because this is the question I have asked more in the last two weeks than my whole life combined. Where did I put my glasses? (laughs) I used to think, how in the heck? Does someone misplace glasses as often as every five minutes? And how do you misplace something that you need? So, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with right now. But if you guys know me, you know that I always am trying to beat the system. So, here's what I did I went out and I bought two, three packs of readers. (laughs) I thought, I'm going to have one in every stinking room, I'm going to have one in every place I'm ever going to need a pair of glasses. Here's the problem with that. It seems like six pairs of glasses is not enough. (laughs) Crazy, right? Like I still find myself looking for glasses. How is that possible? And you might be saying, just get a cord or one of those fun sets of glasses that go around your neck and they have that little magnetic thing that snaps at your nose. Well, here's the thing I want to tell you. You watch your mouth when you talk to me like that okay? So, hey, if you've got either one of those things, I'm not hating on you. I think it's awesome. Um, I, you know, I'm just not there at this moment, so I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit, but um, no, it's all good. It's all good. So, anyway, let's get to it today. Today, I want to talk about what many call the performance trap. I think many of us struggle with this. This is when our self-worth is based and rooted in our performance. I was a college softball coach for a long time, and I really struggled with this. In my younger days as an athlete, I also struggled with being performance-driven. So let me explain. As a coach, my worth was completely based on my team's win-loss record. If the team was winning, then I was a good coach. I was awesome. I was killing it. If the team was losing, I was a terrible coach. Something needed to change. Man, I wore it like like I was the worst coach ever. I was getting my self-worth from all the wrong places. Now, anytime your success is based or tangled up in someone or something else's success, your worth is going to come from the wrong place. We can find ourselves, I think everybody can find ourselves here. We can all find ourselves here. How about as a parent? Are you killing it when your child is making good decisions? Are you failing when your child makes poor decisions? What about in a marriage? Are you a good or worthy wife or husband when your spouse is happy? What about when they're struggling? What about when you feel like your marriage is not in a good place? And here's a big one. What about as an athlete? Are you only worthy when your coach is happy or your performance is good? Man, i lived there for a long, long time. How we feel about ourselves should not be based on either our performance or someone else's performance. Am I saying it's wrong to try and succeed in something you take on? No, absolutely not. Is it wrong to try and please people? No, absolutely not. Hey, I'm 48 years old and I still crave the approval of my parents. Why? Because I love them and I value their opinions. Here's the thing. These feelings are natural and totally normal. But we get into trouble when others' approval or success changes how we view ourselves. I don't ever want to get so caught up in pleasing someone or trying to perform perfectly that I forget or miss trying to please God. I love my parents and what they say matters and it makes a big difference, but I want to be pleasing to God first and foremost before I'm pleasing to anybody else. Here's the thing. When we let our performance or others' opinions dictate our actions and our feelings, we're putting them above God. So the million dollar question is, how do I control this? How do I get better at this? And honestly, I'm just going to share with you guys some things that have really helped me in in really trying to avoid the performance trap. And I think the first one, and probably one of the most important ones, is we have to define success. We all want to be successful. But what does this mean for you as a Christian? My last two years as a college softball coach, I was more successful than my previous seven years combined. In my coaching career, we set records. We won a conference championship, and we were the first softball team at this specific school to make it to regionals. And none of that happened my last two years. I actually can't even remember our win-loss record for my last two years. I have no idea if it was great or terrible. Honestly, it was probably mediocre, if I had to guess. Um, But what I do remember is helping one of the kids get set up to be baptized at church and telling her how proud I was for the decision that she made. I remember talking to the kids about what God was doing in my life, and he was the reason they were seeing some crazy big changes. And big change, like this team at this moment, they saw me literally do a 180. I went from completely doing my stuff and, and being ruled by my wants and my needs to completely being surrendered to God. And it it changed everything. It changed language. It changed how I treated the kids. It changed my outlook. It, it changed everything. But here's the other thing. I also remember getting fired. <laughs> so talk about redefining success. Man, we, we have to figure out what does it look like for us to be successful. And the whole getting fired, man, that, is, that story could actually be a whole episode on this podcast, and it might be, but for now, we will, uh, we'll continue to move on. So the second way to avoid the performance trap, you have to develop, work at, and pursue your relationship with Jesus. Here's the thing. You will not go out of your way to please someone you don't know. And you definitely won't go out of your way if you don't know how they feel about you. So how do you pursue Jesus? Man, read your Bible. Simple, right? Here's the thing. Not always. Life seems to have a way to squeeze that time out of our day. That's why it has to be something you fight for and you make sacrifices for. So we, I live in Greenville, South Carolina, and we have a little 12U travel softball team, uh, an FCA team. And we were talking to them about quiet times and I was challenging them to get in their Bible daily and to have a daily quiet time reading God's word. And so the big challenge to these, you know, 10, 11 and 12 year old kids were, Hey, set aside three minutes a day. And, and just, if you can read, two sentences, five sentences, a paragraph, a chapter, whatever you can read in those 3 minutes. Man, just set aside 3 minutes. And for me, I thought, man, 3 minutes, everybody's got 3 minutes. This is going to be so easy. So the next practice, we get the team together and we are are just, you know, really holding them accountable and say, "Okay, raise your hand if you, you know, really did did your 3 minutes and and it went well and it so talk to us about that. Was it easy? Was it hard and so some of them were, you know, sharing their stories about how their weeks went. And some of them, they were really cool stories about how they were actually sitting down with their mom or dad and, and reading the Bible for three minutes. And so we were all pumped. And so one kid who didn't raise her hand, I was like, hey, you know, what about you? And she was like, she goes, I just don't think you understand how busy I am. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're 11. You're 11. You're telling me you don't have three minutes in your day. And so we got to talking about it. And as it turns out, I think she does have three minutes, but, um, you know, just wasn't something that was a priority to her. But here's the thing. If an 11 year old can be so busy that it's, it's hard for her to set aside three minutes a day, holy smoke. Think about people that actually have legitimate schedules and deadlines. Um, so I, I think that's difficult, but I do think that you have to make sacrifices. Um, and I do think it's something that you have to fight for. All right, moving on. Um, the third way to kind of uh, put yourself in a position to avoid the performance trap is to be about the process and not the result. Man, we love results, don't we? It shows us where we are. It shows us how we're doing. But they don't always tell the whole story. I tell my athletes all the time, be process minded and the results will take care of themselves. The closest thing I can think of for this is a hitter in baseball or softball. If your goal is to have a batting average above 300, that's a great goal. The problem is you can be a good hitter and have a great game, but not have the results you were looking for. You can have three at-bats in a game, and in all three of those at-bats, you can hit shots, but you can also hit shots right to people, and these fielders catch it you swung at good pitches, you hit the ball well, but your stats say that you went 0 for 3. Sometimes stats don't tell the whole story. So, and I think the last way we can really avoid the performance trap is know that failure will be a part of your story. Man, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Can you fail at something and not be a failure? I think you can, as long as you don't stay in that failure. Here's the thing. The Bible is full of people that fail like crazy all the time. And God still used them because they didn't let that failure define them. Man, just I'm just going to pick one dude. Read the story of David. Holy cow, a man after God's own heart. Just read the story of David. So the other thing, I mean, I, I love the movie Vanilla Sky, Um, It's an older movie, and it's a remake, but uh, the, the version I like is the one with Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise, and one of my favorite lines is where Penelope's character is telling Tom Cruise's character that he can turn things around. She actually says, every waking moment is another opportunity to turn it all around. Man, how true is that for us? And if I could say that line in Penelope Cruz's accent, I totally would because I love how she talks, but I cannot. So we're just going to leave it at that. But man, every waking moment is another opportunity to turn it all around. So don't let failure define you. Don't stay there. Don't let that be the end of your story because God uses people that failed Look at the Bible. God uses people that failed all the time. So here's what I want to leave you guys. I want to leave you guys with some things that have really spoken to me, some things that have really helped me along the way. One of them is a book. Uh, Of course, I I read a lot. I love to read. But the book is called When People Are Big and God is Small by Edward Welch. This is a great read. It talks all about the fear of man which is what we've been talking about this whole time. And it really breaks things down in an easy, um, just very understandable way. It's a really, really good book. The other thing is, man, get some scripture. Get some verses that really speak to you. And I'm going to give you guys a couple of verses just to use as a reference. These verses are awesome. Um, I use them Pretty consistently, uh, just because this is something I really struggle with. But I'm going to run through them pretty quick. Pause it, go back, listen to it, whatever. Um, but look these verses up because they are good. So the first one: Galatians John one ten, John twelve forty three, First Thessalonians two Timothy two fifteen, Matthew six thirty three, Acts. 29 and Proverbs 29 25 so these verses are really gonna speak into hey just how we handle the fear of man are we are we trying to be pleasing to people or are we trying to be pleasing to God so at the end of the day don't get caught up in the performance trap or know who you are performing for man I have Based my self-worth on people and things and they've both lied and let me down and left me searching for more now they've lied and let me down not because the people or the things were bad but because they're not consistent they're not constant they're not holy the only thing we can base our self-worth on is our maker he knows us better than anyone And anything, and he alone gets to tell us just what we're worth. And spoiler alert, he does just that through Jesus. I am worthy because God not only says I am, but he showed me through Jesus on the cross. So don't be fooled by what this world tells you. You are far more than your successes and your failures. You are worth way more than those. Believing what the world tells you makes me think of, um, you guys remember that movie Waterboy with Adam Sandler? Uh, it makes me think every time, like, when he was, you know, going to his mom saying, hey, I, I want to play football, I want to do this, and every single time his mom would say, that's from the devil. So I think believing what the world tells you about your performance and your success and your failure, failure man, don't believe that because that is from the devil. So, man, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you guys have a great week. And I hope you guys stay all jacked up.